Hello and welcome in. Thank you so much for listening today. This is the podcast Builder vs. Buyer, and I'm the host, Adam Steiner. This podcast is dedicated to the home building industry. The goal is to mediate the two sides between builders and buyers. Hopefully, we can get them to come to the table a little nicer, a little cleaner, um, have everybody know a little bit more about the process. I'm kicking off a new mini-series today, Designing for Real Life. So this will be my thoughts just over the years. I've been in plenty of meetings, had um, plenty of clients with different types of needs and, and wants. So I'm going to go into just what what we've discussed in those meetings and some great ideas that clients have brought me um, that's helped in their designs based on their their life circumstance and then others that you know builders and I have worked through and, and all that fun stuff. So we should have a good amount of things to talk about here. Um, designing for real life, I'm going to talk about things like, okay, if you're, if you're designing a floor plan for a big family or for a little family, or, or let's say your in-laws are planning on living with you. Um, let's see here, living with pets. That's another one I'm going to touch on. So, um, all those will be separate episodes and I'll just break down my thoughts on, um, how to design a good floor plan to incorporate those types of things. All right, let's get into it for today. I'm going to be talking about, drum roll please, designing for a home office. So just what we need in 2021, more people talking about working from home. Um, I, I, I'm sorry, but there's just like, uh, I watch a lot of sports and stuff and every single commercial starts with in these unprecedented times. So um, I, I just, that's a word I'm excited to not hear anymore in these unprecedented times. But hey, it's a reality. We're all... Um, working from home these days. And, you know, even after the pandemic calms down, I'm sure there are plenty of companies that are going to adjust how they think and feel about it. We're already seeing some, you know, big national brands switch from a large corporate office to permanent working from home. Like REI, as an example, they, um, yeah, they finished their corporate headquarters in the spring and before ever moving into it, they sold it. So, um, yeah, I think... Even after the pen, like I said, after the pandemic comes down, we're probably some of us are still going to be working from home plenty. So this is my thoughts and take on if you're designing a home from scratch and you want to incorporate that home office, what should you do? First and foremost, let's talk location. So typically those home offices end up being on the main floor. And the biggest problem I see is with the standard American floor plan, what you have is you walk in the foyer and immediately to your right or your left, one of those spaces, one's the dining room and the other's the office, right? Um, or the living room that you've turned into an office. And they can be really nice and really pretty and have glass French doors on them and um, all this fun stuff. But the, the practicality of working in an office like that day to day might suffer. And here's why. Like, I don't want glass doors on my office. If I'm going to be working, you know, 40 to 60 hours a week in there, um, I don't want to be distracted every time the dog walks by or the, or the kids walk by or somebody comes to the front door. Um, there's, there's just times where that, that really is tough. So what I would suggest is one of two things. In your floor plan, if the only space to incorporate that office is to the front, make a little hallway or alcove off of like... Um, off of the foyer to get to the office so that the door isn't necessarily abutting the foyer itself, but has its own little hallway then to get to the foyer. Um, I think you'll really, really appreciate like not being able to see the interchange 
moment in moment out of, of what happens at your front door. Um, that's the first thing I do. The second, um, in Minnesota, we had a, a floor plan that was awesome and had an office to the back. Um, so it was off of the mudroom is how you'd access it. And it really, really worked. And people seem to really love it. So yeah, if, if you can do one of those two things, I would recommend it. The second is size here. So I, I see, I don't get this request often, but sometimes people want to be able to have a desk and seating. Like they're going to have a meeting in their home, in their office, or want a couch or someplace to sit down that's not their desk, but still in their office. If, if you want something like that, I would say you got to get up into like the 13 by 15 range, 14 by 14, maybe even bigger. Um, it gets, it gets hard to fit all that stuff in a smaller room. I mean, you can do it, but it's just, it's just a little tricky. Um, if you're going for just desk and storage, you can do 10 by 12, 12 by 12, 10 by 10, all those work. And then what I've seen a lot of, um, just creative uses of space and floor plans over the last few years is like the pocket office or homework station. Um, so you can, I mean, you can go all the way down to like five by five and build a desk into the, into that space and have it be a workable space. I was talking to one of my friends who's an architect and also working from home. Um, and he was just mentioning to me, like he would, the, the fact of privacy outweighs the need for space. And I, I totally agree with him. Like him and his wife were sharing an office for the first part of the pandemic and like just not getting a ton of work done. So I think to have the dedicated space, even if it is five by five or five by seven um, and have a door that you can shut off and get some privacy and get some work done, I think is better than trying to, to share or carve out something from a bedroom or something like that. Like I just not a huge fan of the dual purposing. So, and, and then I would say for a layout, I would really, re- I'm, I'm in a office right now in the house we're renting and it doesn't have a closet. Um, I would, I would say, obviously, I think you want a closet in that office one because it is, it then qualifies as a bedroom, um, along with the egress window and that those kind of things just help for resale. But two, everybody working from home now knows this. Okay. Where does your printer go? Where do all those files go? Um, you have a bunch of stuff that you don't really want sitting on your desk every moment. Um, but you kind of need handy. Um, and right now the office I'm in, is just on the floor. Um, and I, Personally, I, I kind of hate that, but learn to live with it. So if you can get an office closet, I think that's a huge win. I would say make sure and put an outlet in it and then make sure it's at least 30 inches deep. So my printer, I just measured it, sticks out 30 inches from the wall. It's it's prints up to like 12 by 18 sheets. So I realize not everybody has a printer that big, but it'd be really nice to make sure you can fit um, some sort of larger size printer on the floor there and not have to um, have that clutter up your main office space. As far as windows go, I think you would want a full egress window. Um, so that's, you know, at a minimum, you can get a three by four casement or three by five single hung. You know, those are like more full height windows, but odds are you're probably going to keep a shade over that most of the day. And I want, I want the combination of natural light without distraction. So I would highly recommend some transom windows. So something higher up on the wall, it's not close to the floor. Um, if you're standing up, you can't really see out of it. You can see, you'd be able to see the sky and clouds, but you can't see like what's happening on the street. And I think that's helpful. I think the natural light is really helpful for a nice work environment. 
Um, but then being higher up, you're not getting distracted to every car that drives by, um, the neighbors walking their dogs, all that fun stuff. Um, and then for wiring, I would wire your office to the nines. Um, yes, everything is wireless nowadays, but I would recommend to hardwire an internet connection. It goes out a lot. And if you're, again, if you're working there 40 to 60 hours a week, you're going to want the hardwire connection to know that your internet works. It's just so crucial to everything we do nowadays. It's not like it was 20 years ago where, uh, yeah, a lot of our apps and programs are all web-based and we're sharing files. That's all web-based. If you're on Dropbox and yeah, working with coworkers, that can be very frustrating if yours goes out and theirs is not. So that's what I'll say about that. Lastly, two notes here. Um, well, one main note and that is soundproofing. Um, I think sound is a big deal. Everybody is, their sensitivity to it is vastly different. Um, so some people can just be less distracted with a higher noise level than others. But I would say do some sort of soundproofing. And, and first, I would start with the door. It's tempting to throw a barn door or a pocket door on there, especially barn doors. Like That's a, a big trend now. People are liking the look of those. Um, but a barn door will never fully shut on you, especially from the point of like a, a soundproofing. There's always going to be that gap between the door and the, the wall space, you know, as, it, as it's sliding into that door cavity. Um, so I would say get a good old fashioned sh solid door that just shuts and shuts and closes and you can lock if you need to. Um, that would be my recommendation. Don't get cute with it. Um, and then for soundproofing, there are a ton of options out there now to soundproof a space. The most simple is just throw some insulation in it. Sound deadening from like a physics perspective, it, it's absorbing vibrations. So the more mass you have between the noise source and your ears, the more um, vibrations it will absorb. So simply putting a dense insulation in the wall will help. Um, if, if, you know, you're looking for minor sound deadening, that's, that's good. You get, it's, you're never going to get to sound proof in a residential home. Um, but you can get to like less noise. So if you, if you're looking for more than that, if you're looking for more than the typical wall insulation, just a little sound deadening, you want to get closer to that sound proofing. I would Google STC wall ratings. So, um, they ha actually have a lot of wall assemblies listed and their STC rating listed as well. I forget. Um, I need to look up who actually did that. I, f I forget off the top of my head, but if you Google STC wall assembly ratings, um, there'll be a lot of information on that. So you can get down. So STC, I think is sound transmission coefficient. And so that is the, there's a rating system and how many decibels, that thing will then eat up as sound passes through it. So the the STC ratings relate to it, it'll relate to like okay, STC rating of X soft speech can be heard, STC rating of Y like loud speech can be heard, all those things. So it gives you kind of like a real world example of what all those STC ratings mean. And then these charts actually break down, okay, if you're going to want an STC rating of 40, this is exactly what your wall should look like. And so there's a lot of creative options as far as you can do double stud walls where you offset and then 
they have what's called the resilient channel RC channel where the drywall doesn't hang directly on the wood stud, but then it hangs on this plastic channel so that the sound vibrations don't carry between those two material, between the drywall and the wood. The sound doesn't carry as well. There are membrane layers that you can put down so, so much. So if, if you're looking into that, I would say Google it, get an idea of what like STC level you need. And then when you're with your contractor, if you say, I need an STC 45 wall, they might not know what it means that in that moment, but at least they'll know, okay, this, these are some examples of exactly what we need to build to get that. Because um, if, if you just say, I want some soundproofing in there, there's, um, yeah, like I said, there's so many things they could be offering you. It's helpful to know exactly what that is. And then as far if windows are concerned, so we live by a train right now, and I think the train conductors get paid on commission by how many times they honk the horn um, because it's a lot. They, I don't know. There's probably some regulation for why they have to do it. But from from our perspective, it seems like they honk the horn a ton. So the the area of weakness, quote unquote, in your wall system for sound is the window. Um, an insulated exterior wall is going to eat up more sound than a window will. So that's that's your weak point. That's probably where you're hearing noise through. So here's the cool thing is most window manufacturers actually make, they actually post their STC ratings of the specific window type. In general, with a window, the the best sound deadening is a very thick pane on the outside and then a different size pane on the inside. I'm not sure if I understand the physics of it, but those seem to be the highest STC rating. Um, so your window supplier or lumber supplier should be able to point you in the right direction with those. And then I, I believe triple panes will, will be a lot better um, than double panes as well. But yeah, something to look into. Okay, that wraps it up for home offices. If anybody has any other comments, anything they've tried in a floor plan that's worked and they've really, really liked, please hit me up. Let me know. Um, we can be found, the podcast can be found on Instagram at buyer or the email info at buildervsbuyer.com. Um, I'm also doing a lot on TikTok still. Um, so if you want to see just behind the scenes process stuff of what it's like to be a home designer day in, day out, um, I'm posting, you know, three to five times a week, just, just, yeah, exactly what my job is and what I'm doing and kind of explaining it. So that's at Burnham Design Co., B-I-R-N-A-M Design Co. Um, yeah, I'd love to have you join me there. And then... I'm on LinkedIn, all that fun stuff. But most importantly, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Um, If you can leave a rating or a review, those really help me out. So thank you so much for listening. And thanks, as always, to Andrew Michael Metter for the music.